We would like to say a special thank you to Kenneth and Lucille Peterson for sponsoring this week's episode. When you are righteous in the eyes of God, it is because God has made you righteous. He has given you His righteousness, and we know that happens in baptism, Lord's Supper, and the proclamation of Christ's promise of forgiveness. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. Coming off of last week's passage, where the disciples asked Jesus why he speaks in parables, Jesus puts another one to them, the parable of the weeds among the wheat. Sarah Stenson and Dr. Chris Krogan join Adam Carey and me to explain what Jesus is getting at in these parables, what election means. Election can be a scary topic. Am I in? Am I out? And as you'll hear in this conversation, God is the one who's choosing, who has the ears to hear. God is electing who understands these parables. Keep this in mind amid the weeping and gnashing of teeth details of this text. When Jesus says, Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Let anyone with ears listen. He is saying, You are righteous in the eyes of God because God has made you righteous. He's given you His righteousness in baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the proclamation of Christ's forgiveness. Let's get to it. Here's Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30 and 36 through 43. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slave said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send His angels, and they will collect out of His kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father." Let anyone with ears listen. And now on to this week's conversation.
Welcome back to Scripture First. We have another big roundtable of five. That's right. Dr. Chris Krogan and Sarah Stenson are back with us this week. Thanks for being here, both of you. Thank you. Good deal. So we're You're back so in. Enthusiastic. Uh, I know. Like, wow. Good deal. Yeah, Mason has the wrestling introduction. Now, yeah. Get ready to rumble. Good deal. Um, we're back in the thirteenth chapter of Matthew, um, and another parable. Uh, and maybe we can just start right with that. He put before them another parable: the kingdom of heaven, heaven, may be compared to someone who sowed good feed in his field. And I'll just stop right there. Sarah, yeah. maybe you can say something about parables. Yep, just to kind of set the context here with parable, because every time we um, preach on parables or run into them in Bible studies, inevitably we get questions, and naturally so, like, why is Jesus talking this way? Because they're confusing. People are trying to figure out what's what. Why is he saying this? So the beginning of this same chapter of Matthew, so Matthew 13 in verses 10 to 16, the disciples asked Jesus that exact question. Why are you speaking in parables? Like, what is going on? And so he said, um, and we can think about this in theological terms as election. It's a matter of election. And let me go on here. So Jesus quotes Isaiah 6, uh, verses 9 and 10. You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive, etc., etc., and so what that specific um, scriptural reference is saying, what Jesus is saying here at the beginning of chapter 13 is this is a matter of God closing and opening ears to hear. So it's much like Jesus saying, my sheep hear my voice, which is what election means. When we say election in theological terms, we mean you are elected to be God's child, elected to hear God's promise, and that's exactly the way these parables are working as well. And key is God is the one choosing who has the ears to hear, who is going to understand these parables or not, which is what is clear when you go back and look at these um, those verses 10 to 16 in Matthew 13. Another part of this is the next verse or the next half of that verse, which is the kingdom of heaven. And it's important to remember that the kingdom of heaven comes into this world through the proclamation of the word. That is to say, you are brought to be at peace with God through hearing a promise from God, which is what the election is. And so whenever Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, don't think of it as some far off distance place or some new like special fairy dust that comes down into the earth right now. No, the kingdom of heaven is actually coming through a proclamation of God's promise into your conscience that you are now at peace with God. So that's a key piece on all this too. Mm-hmm. And then he continues on, but while everyone was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good good seed in your field? Um, Where did these Why did they call it an enemy? I find that to be very interesting because it's not like just someone came up, but it's they use such a, such a dramatic word to describe the person who put the weeds in there. We're actually going to hold that thought, Kiri, because the second part of this text, Jesus actually gives us the answer key. 
to the enemy, okay, the weeds, the wheat, all of it. So kind of let's just keep kind of working okay. through. Um, then we're going to talk about who is the enemy. We'll revisit. Yes. Okay. But ending on that question, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field as part of the story? Is like, how yeah. is it that there is weeds. wheat yep. and weeds? Who is to blame? Which is a key thing, you know, that everyone's wondering. Mm-hmm. Why are some in? Why are some out? Why does God play favorites? These are all mm-hmm. part, believe it or not, of the weeds sown in the field. Mm-hmm. And he gives an answer. Uh, he says, an enemy has done this. And the slave said to him, then do you want us to go out and gather them? But he replied, no, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now, uh, people might be wondering, what's this actually referring to? Because it's a parable. Uh, it's about something, but it's also about something else in Who's some way. the enemy? Who's yeah. the master? How does the master How, know the enemy did this? What are we this? supposed to take from this? might yeah. be helpful to actually unpack, um, go through this 36 through 43, and then come back to the verses 29 and 30 just to help unpack it. So, because um, Jesus himself says, like in verse 37, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, the devil. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. The reapers are angels. So, with that in mind, when you go back and look at 29 and 30, what he's really saying is, look, there will be heretics. There will be people preaching against Christ, even while claiming to be Christian. But don't be afraid. Don't be distressed when this happens. God is going to deal with those people in his own good time. So don't go around and try to um, root around and find the, the heretics or the anti-Christians. Or, no, he's saying, let them both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers to collect the weeds, bind them in bundles to be burned. So this is God's yeah. work, not ours. I wouldn't say don't go around and talk about heretics, but I would say don't think that what you are going to be able to do is say who's in and who's out. Yep. And so, you know, there's going to be, there are, if somebody even um, blasphemes Jesus, like Peter, I don't know the man, you can't determine whether or not that is a good or bad, whether that's good seed or weed, because it's going to be Jesus's determination of that. And so that's what he's saying is at the end of the age, when the angels come, they're going to sort that out through Christ's word. We don't have to be the ones that figure out, are you in or are you out? We just Mm -hmm. deliver the goods. preaching Christ. Yep. Okay, but this is where, I'm sorry, my nitpicky is coming in. Mm -hmm. Because as someone who gardens, I can tell that Jesus does not. Mm -hmm. Because this is full of... Of, the creator of all life has no idea well, <laughs> how to, how to yeah, make a I fruit grow. I would know based off of this parable because it is all wrong. Yeah. You do not leave the weeds in with the wheat because it suffocates out the wheat and makes it so the wheat cannot grow. 
So that's where, like, in my mind, there's that part of me that's um, like, uh, what's it? What's it? If there's a bad, if there's a um, a bad branch, you cut it off in order to let the other mm-hmm. branches grow mm-hmm. more. Right. So that's kind of what my mind is struggling with a little bit. Right. In terms of like pruning the vine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you. You don't leave the weeds in. Yeah. And so it is our natural reflex to want to control these things. Well, I'm just saying it's contradicting what other so no, gospel no, no, The difficulty an, here... Well, go ahead. An interesting thing is, um, even if we didn't try to control our garden and yeah. make the most fruit, would mm-hmm. God not provide? In other words, yeah. master gardeners did not exist in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> <laughs> Nor did it exist with Cain and Abel and all those practices that we've done in trying to make it a better harvest. Yeah. And if you just even think about that, what do we find right now is is possibly part of the problem with us trying to get rid of weeds in the massive amount of grain we grow in our fields here. We actually have people trying to go, what, organic. Why? Because our attempt to try to control the weeds actually might be causing the problem. Well, and the death of the bumblebees... I mean, all of these practices actually might be having other <laughs> consequences. So, so, so you just this is, but it's not. I'm not saying that we don't want to have a master gardener, but I am saying that our attempt to try to determine what is good and what is evil is the problem in the context of faith in heaven and of yeah, exactly. which is which yeah. again, this is a parable. Yeah. The kingdom of heaven is like so. This is not Jesus giving us gardening advice. He is actually Clearly. saying, be patient. I will tell the reapers, okay, now's the time to collect the weeds. That's not up to us to do. That's that's as far as we'll go. We're not going to actually really talk about weeding gardens. But 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 well, to, to your point though, it's really interesting <laughs> because when we want to put God on trial and say, mm-hmm. "It doesn't seem like it should work that way," God is actually the weeds. Okay, we all know that of this room, I am the weed here. But let's just put that aside. The one most likely to be bundled and burned. That was mean. (laughs) No, but my point being is this is us always, and it's our natural reflex, to want to say, isn't there a better way, God? I'm I'm just confused because of the fact... And maybe it's just the parables, like, doing yep. their work yes, exactly. the parables. Exactly. But it's just, like, the the logic for me. It's like, but in the other parable, they mentioned to just to prune, and that helps grow the vine and the tree and the bush. And Helpful. I remember you have opposite. done this before. You have a really good memory for parables, Kiri. Oh. I'm not joking. You really do. Well, that's because I think of them, them as standalone. <laughs> like, do not apply okay. one parable to the next to the well, next. Then I think of just it shut as a up because standalone. I'm just stuck in the I can see why you're confused though, because I yeah right. But no, you've done this before. Erase from memory other parables. Just focus on this one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> then I have nothing else to add. <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> but it makes sense that. The enemy, okay, he explains, the enemy is yeah. the devil. Yep. And the master is Jesus. So mm-hmm. the enemy yep. came and sown the weeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and they asked, Master, did you not know? Uh, did you not sow good seed in your field? And Jesus knows, well, the enemy has done this. Yeah. Like, of course, he's all-knowing. Of, of course, he knows who, who did this. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And again, remember the, the one thing the devil has, now slightly bigger picture, 
is what? To confuse us about God's promise, to -hmm. make us doubt God is for you. So that's the... That's the kind of bigger picture thing. So when people hear a parable like this, kind of like what we're talking about with Curie, um, it's another one of these things that'll turn you in to say, wait, am I a weed or am I the good seed, the child of God? Which one am I? How do I know? Look for proof of my weediness or my whatever healthy weediness. flowerness. Mm-hmm. Weedy versus weedy. <laughs> exactly. Weedy versus weedy. But this so is which called one am sowing I? the seeds exactly. of doubt. Right? It is. So this is the devil. He sows the seeds of doubt. Yep. Right? And, th- and what he does is he makes you wonder whether or not God is for you. Yep. And so that's, the, that's what he means, the cause of sin. Mm-hmm. The cause of sin is putting a question in your ear. Is God for you? Or is he not? That's the evil one's work. Is did to God, sow these weeds. Exactly. Did God really say, do this, don't do that? Um, you, you are a child of God. Did he really promise you that? Because look at what you're experiencing right now. That is the seed of doubt the devil sows. And I think it's it's interesting in verses 40 and 41, just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers. And uh, Chris, you just said the causes of sin, that's the uh, byproduct of what the devil's doing. Yep. Yeah. But a lot of times when you're you're seeing this dichotomy of, okay, we're going to bundle the wheat up and put it into the barn, but we're going to burn the weeds. Like right. we, we think of that, those of, of just kinds of people. But Jesus is saying here, I'm going to send my angels and get not only get rid of the evildoers, but I'm going to get rid of the causes of sin too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those questions. Because, and what are the angels? Preachers of his word. The ones who are going to come and restate the promise in the conscience of those who have been elected. And, and that's why then to the next verse, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And this is really a key piece is the weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's not just even a future thing. It's a current thing. Because when you are frustrated, struggling, because um, you don't have faith and trust that God is for you, that he's going to get you through this, you will fight against the way the world is treating you and it will be one big struggle. And that's literally weeping and gnashing of teeth. You're just going to be angry at the world, frustrated with that the law isn't working the way you want it to work. God, you're not fair. I wish, I wish, I wish. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth right there happening. And so this is what is going to happen is those who are stuck in the unbelief, the lack of trust are stuck there. Then the next verse. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. Right. And on the righteous there, um, it's the same Greek word uh, as righteousness, dikaiosune, it's dikaio. So um, another way that's interpreted or understood in the Greek is the just, the righteous or the just will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. And key here is that, again, it's going to be easy to hear that as righteousness in the law. I'm good at following the law. I'm a good person. I volunteer, whatever. That's the opposite of what Jesus is saying. What this is talking about is 
when you are righteous in the eyes of God, it is because God has made you righteous. He has given you his righteousness. And we know that happens in baptism, Lord's Supper, and the proclamation of Christ's promise of forgiveness. So then when you have that promise in your ear, not only will you shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father, as Jesus says, but this is actually that very last sentence, let anyone with ears listen. That's what he's saying. Righteousness, this is faith comes through hearing, as Apostle Paul puts it in Romans. That's what Jesus is getting at. Anyone with ears, listen. Listen to me. Listen to the promise I give you. That's what makes you righteous. Keep in mind, Jesus is speaking. If you have ears to hear, listen to his promise right here and now out of his own voice. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Sarah Stenson and Dr. Chris Krogan for teaching us how the parable of the weeds among the wheat is depicting what election means. God is the one who is choosing to open ears to hear his word. He's electing who will understand these parables. Without Christ's word, there is weeping and gnashing of teeth in the law. But luckily, God has given us righteousness in baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the proclamation of Christ's forgiveness. It's that righteousness that brings his kingdom here today. And Luther House of Studies podcast, Sing to the Lord, Zachary Brockhoff, Lars Olson, and I break down a hymn's history, lyrical meaning, and the way it preaches the gospel. Click on this episode's show notes for a link to Sing to the Lord's podcast feed to take a deep dive into your favorite hymns and discover a few gems you may not have heard of before. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, you are elected. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.